It's time for Take 10 when Dr. Jamie Heisman, a nationally known psychotherapist and expert in caregiving and in dealing with issues of uh, addictions, joins us with Carol Zerniel, our nationally known gerontologist and co-host of Caregiver SOS On Air, and me. I'm Ron Aaron, an attorney and a longtime broadcaster. And one of the issues, Carol, when I was doing talk radio full-time, there was a period of time when what's happening now in our society, when you went into work, you knew from the moment you cracked that mic open till the moment you were done, that's what you talked about. And we're in that moment now talking about racism and racial divides and talking about uh, certainly the way in which a segment of our society is being treated, talking about cops killing uh, folks for whatever reason. What does the caregiver do in digesting all this? Well, you know, I think that the topic it applies to everyone. Um, and if you're a caregiver and if you're dealing with injustice and racism on a daily basis as well as being a caregiver, I mean, we don't live in a vacuum. Everything impacts our lives that's going on around us. And so, Jamie, um, I know that you thought a lot about this. You know, the psychological impact of long-term uh, racism and injustice. What does this do to a person? Well, first of all, this is a great topic for today. And our organization, I've met some great doctors who, uh, actually they're African-American physicians from particular cities who have asked me to just come in there and try to, to work with their staff. So it seems to be first COVID, next is this injustice. And to your point, Carol, I, I really believe that um, this perceived racial injustice, which is you know, you're talking to somebody who lived in segregation in the Deep South. So I'm still looking at and scratching my head and talking to my biracial daughter and telling her not a whole lot's changed. But what it does, that has created is lower self-esteem, more poor medical outcomes in people with that lower self-esteem, more um, behavioral health challenges that get exacerbated uh, that affect mental health and mental health outcomes. And just over and over and over, it, it just makes a person feel less than, more on one leg than on two. And that's what basic systemic the racial challenges do. And then on top of this, as a caregiver, you're now feeling marginalized. You're feeling detached. You have to leave your own social identity to take care of a loved one. And I just think it, again, becomes a perfect storm. Well, you know, I think that in in watching um, the events unfold of the past few weeks, you know, have um, it, it's been horrifying. I mean, the with uh, you know the death and the police and the riots. Um, but I think what has stuck with me is the number of uh, African American men who talk about living in fear every day. That their underlying experience is fear. When I taught at UTSA, every year I would ask uh, uh, the class, and we would have some African-Americans and some Asians in those classes, I would say, uh, raise your hands if you have ever been stopped for being black or being Asian, and if you think about it. Every single African-American in every class I taught for 20 years had that experience. Every one. Yeah, I agree, and and it is so clear because an African-American is seen as a different color. So immediately, right? Or, or Asian is seen maybe as a different color, or Hispanic is seen as brown, different color. Right. But when the doctor pulled me in, he was an African American doctor. He kicked off this with one of his stories about how 
things took him and, and arrested him, and he's worried about his 18-year-old son. Um, he said, do you have any ways to connect with the audience? And I said, really? I think I do. <laughs> I get to talk to my 9-year-old daughter, and she keeps asking me why she has no relatives on my father's side. And I get to tell her that all of them were put into concentration camps and died because they were different. Wow. They were judged different. They were they were Jewish. And so she has no family members there. And so I said, I guess, like we can talk about in my talk, that if we're not behind everybody here and realize that Black Lives Matter and this is a real, real issue, look, after African-Americans, they'll be after Asian-Americans. After Asian Americans, they'll come out there Jewish Americans. So it doesn't really matter. We're all in this together. And we really do have to stop the cancer, which we call racism in this country. So I guess I did. They, they did, you know, they identified Jews and now they identify, you know, blacks. And so I could relate. Which is not necessarily a good thing. No, it's, sad. it's not a good thing. It's sad. It's not a good thing. I was, yeah, I was raised in the Deep South and I remember my father. Gosh, love him, and I hope everybody takes this one with a grain of salt. But my father says, well, be careful, Jamie. I said, why, Dad? He says, because you're really a white black person. I said, what? He says, well, as soon as they find out you're Jewish, you'll become black. And I said, what, Dad? Wow. And and now, over the years, I was able to see what he was talking about. Well, when my wife met with the uh, rabbi at Temple Bethel, when Gina decided she wanted to convert, all her decision, and she went in. Now, the rabbi asked her, Gina, why do you want to join a group of people who have been vilified for centuries, centuries, people who are objects of hate? And Gina's answer was pretty good. She said, well, you know, I'm a woman, I'm Hispanic, bring it on. Right. Well, and to book, you know, and to... Today's maybe, tomorrow might be me. I'm sorry, Joe. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, sitting there, yeah, and, and I think that's the pain that that all of us feel. Um, and, and I can't, I can't feel the pain of being a Black American. Um, I have witnessed uh, and, and borne witness to some of these tragedies um, uh, growing up, also in the South. And, and so, but I, but I don't know exactly what it is, but it causes all of us pain. And and I think it also is very difficult for those of us. Um, who are not black in this moment to to know exactly what to do uh, and how to respond. And so for those listening that want to do something and respond some way, what do we do, Jamie? Well, there's a couple things here. Interesting enough, Carol, and we're talking to our audience, right? And we're well mad that we're talking to Ron, you and me, you're a gerontologist. So let me give you just my quick, quick insight of what we can do. Number one, I'm frustrated because I always take my daughter to every protest, and now she's become a social distancing black belt. So this is the one that she will not go to, okay? I would take her to the LGBTQ, I would take her to the environment. Uh, this one happened out of her house, and everybody was on top of each other. So I sat back, and we had a discussion and said, but to your question and this audience, let me just throw this out to us. So we're all familiar with racism. It's tragic, and you're right. None of us can know exactly what an African-American feels in this country, since slavery, we can't. But if we're all familiar with racism, and we're all familiar with sexism, which, of course, I'm sure you can understand, uh, Carol, what about ageism? Isn't that the next thing? What about ageism? My my kids, uh, uh, my kid came to me and said all of her classmates were laughing because her daddy was 65 years old. And I said, really, sweetheart, no kidding. 
But your daddy was on television, they were books, and oh, they all know 65 years old, you're done. And so I said, interesting, how about that? What about ageism? All these isms. We're sitting at home, what can we do? And we're sitting on this show called uh, Caregiver, you know, SOS. I think the ageism issue is also something we should consider here. I get well, that. It, it, it's true, and, and um, you know, I, I have the privilege of sitting on the board of the National Council on Aging, and they're, ha- they're holding their national conference this week, and we've been talking about the long-term impact, right, of, of racism and injustice, and it, it, it catches up with you when you're young, and it slams you to the wall if you make it to old age, uh, right. because all of that poverty, all of that injustice, all of that means that you're going to be less healthy, have less resources, um, housing can be an issue, everything's an issue. And so that's, I think, the point that you bring up is is all of this injustice, we, we, all of us have to fight against it because it does impact all of us and it, and it grows and it accumulates. Um, and if we're going to be living longer, who wants to have a longer life and keep facing this, these kinds of issues? Interesting point. We are flat out of time, but I want to thank both of you. It's a fascinating uh, discussion, and sadly, it's one that's not going to go away very quickly. Thank you for joining us on Take 10 Podcast. Of all of our shows are available, just Google Take 10 Podcast. I'm Ron Aaron. For Dr. Jamie Heisman and Carol Zerniel, we will talk with you again very soon right here on Take 10.